Hello and welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. In this episode, we have the third and final interview from the Hooverville 9 convention back in September, and this time it's an interview with the wonderful Wendy Pabry, who played Zoe Herriot alongside Patrick Troughton's Doctor from 1968 to 1969. Once again, I sat down with Karen and Adam from the Staggering Stories podcast to chat with Wendy, and during the interview, I asked Wendy a question about a role she played in a British horror movie in the early 1970s. The answer she gave us was, well, listen to the interview. Very welcome. Um, how's your day been? Uh, busy. Yeah. Very yes. busy. There's been a lot of people here today. Yeah. But it's nice because it's not too big. It's really friendly. It's really well organised. So from our point of view, it's been really easy. You mm. know? Lead, me a, lead me around by the hand and I'll yeah. just go where anybody <laughs> wants me to go, basically. It's just the sort of kind of environment you, you prefer anyway when you, go, when you come to a convention because they can be quite... Overwhelming sometimes. Definitely. Can't they? Yeah. These are nicer. You actually get chance to communicate with people. Yeah. You know, whereas if you do the big signings, you you just sign. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a bit relentless and not much contact with anyone. So no. these no, these are much nicer. And you see the same faces yeah. over and over and over again and people still bring you something new to sign. I, don't, I just don't know where the stuff comes from. <laughs> what about interview questions, though? You, I oh, mean, yes. obviously you've been talking about Doctor Who for a long, a long time now. Um, does the same questions come up, get repetitive for you? Absolutely. Yeah. And do you know what's funny? I was invited to um, the screening of Peter Capaldi's very first episode at the Odeon yeah. in Leicester Square, to which I took my grandchildren. And it was quite an event. It was a bit red carpety, you know. It was quite mm. fun. Yeah. But afterwards, they were going to do a Jenna and Stephen Moffat and Peter were doing a, a question and answer mm. session. And I said to my grandchildren, "You probably they're not particularly Doctor Who fan, fans. They only mm. went to support their grandmother." But um, I said, you, "You might not want to stay with this." And they said, "Oh no, 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 no. We, we, we They were enjoying this. Yeah. So we. So I thought this actually." will be very interesting because it's the new generation of Doctor Who. Mm, yeah. And I imagine that questions have changed and become different and maybe a bit more in-depth. I don't know. Mm. And no. no. Absolutely <laughs> the same questions. I sat there with my mouth open going, no, seriously, not what is your favourite story and what is your favourite monster? <laughs> that can't be true. That can't be true. And actually, I'm almost sure that I heard Peter tell a story that I've heard Colin Baker tell. <laughs> I, I just thought, it's hilarious, nothing changes. Uh, no, nothing changes. Well, we'll, we'll ask you the question we've been asking everyone. Oh, yeah. What yeah. do you think of the cast of Jodie Whittaker? Oh, I think it's fantastic. Uh, she's, she's a... She's a tremendous actress, and so long as they just don't go on mm. about her being a woman, yeah, yeah, um, because that kind of defeats the whole object of the exercise, in my be opinion. The doctor. Yeah. I, I understand yeah. she's been cast because she was good. Yeah, yes, she always. was the best. She did a brilliant yeah. audition. She was terrific. Yeah. yeah, that's how it should be. Not because we really ought to have a woman. Um, it is, it, interestingly, I've been asking everybody at panels what they, mm. you know, or at 
signings or whatever, what they think. And it's only women that have said to me, no, they don't like it. It's fun, we were saying that earlier. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else found the same, that it's women go, no, doctor should be a man. Why? Where, where in the history of Doctor Who does it say that the Doctor has to be a man? They used to, I suppose. Is Um, it because he's a father figure to them or, I don't know, some romantic interest? Oh, now now you're, now you're, that's a whole different scenario, isn't it? Do you remember the Ferrari when I think... Paul McGann kissed Daphne Ashbrook oh, yeah, in the yeah, film, oh, yeah. and there was absolute uproar yeah. about the fact that there was a kiss. Yeah. And partly, I agree with that, that there shouldn't be any romantic uh, liaisons. I think that, I'm not sure that's right, but why the Doctor can't be a woman, I have no problem with that. And I, I saw Colin recently, and um, I said, I understand you've had a bit of a falling out Peter Davison. And he said, yeah. And I, he said, seriously, Paddis, surely you, d- you don't believe everything you read. No. You should yes. know by now. Yeah. And what happened was, Peter said, I think it's a shame because my sons will no longer have a role model. Mm. And Colin said, I think it's great because my daughters have never had a, mole, a role model, mm, yeah. and now they will. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was their apparently huge argument. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So I have no problem with it at all. I think it's great. Fraser's not, sir. He's on the opposite side. He's not so keen. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's, it's nice to be able to disagree, though, without resorting to yeah. some of the nonsense that spewed out on yeah. Twitter and the yeah. like. Absolutely. Yeah, it is absolutely. Maybe Fraser said it just to wind me up. He could <laughs> 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 Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had to tweet my son's reaction, because he's four, mm. and he was asked, oh, you know, we've got, we've got a, a lady doctor now. So what do you think? He thought, thought about it for a moment. He just went... Well, before they were all men, and now it's a lady, that's okay. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. And that, he didn't think anything more of it. Yeah. He just accepted it. Yeah. And that was it. So I just don't yeah. want them to harp on about it or to write, you know, I think it, she's the doctor. Yeah. yeah. Right. End, so end doctor. of conversation. Yeah. 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 The doctor. Yeah. Do you think, though, sort of over the years when she leaves the role, she'll be known as the first female doctor forever? Absolutely, more? without a question yes. of a doubt. Yeah. 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 I like the idea of first, though. First, the yes. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Fraser saying things to wind you up. So <laughs> <laughs> let, let's go back to um, your time on the show. Yeah. And the same old questions. Come on, what was it like, the three of you together? Oh, it was pretty good, I have to say. Um, I know we joke about it, but we did have a pretty sensational time. Um, I, you know, the, I was welcomed in. Um, by well, I was nervous, obviously, mm. taking over from Debbie, mm. um, going into something like Doctor Who, and working with an actor that this isn't Fraser, by the way, this is Patrick Troughton, um, <laughs> that I admired and thought was a, a, just an amazing actor. So mm. I was slightly starstruck, but they made it really easy, yeah. um, and it was pretty quick to get that sort of, that trio thing we had going, that, that 
but that feeling of fun, I think was, and I think we, I think we gelled together really well. Well, the fact that you are still, well, you know, I don't know what you're like behind the scenes, but when we see you at conventions, the two of you seem to get on amazingly well. Yeah, no, we don't like each other <laughs> at all. No, can't stand each other. Yeah, yeah you see. As actors for you, you can I mean, tell. you say that. Debbie, um, you know, bless her. Um, I said once at a convention, this is how things get changed. Um, I said once at a convention, we are doing Room 101, and my last thing to put into Room 101 was Deborah Watling. <laughs> and the whole group of people that were there went, <gasps> and just, you know, all, the, all the fans were just appalled. That I, and I said, don't give me any of that shock horror stuff. I said, don't be fooled by that pretty face and that sweet demeanour. She's an absolute horror of a woman. <laughs> and, of course, that turned into, on social media, oh, as yeah. that I really was really rude about Debbie, yeah. that we didn't get on, we didn't speak. And so I used to say, oh, Debs, we don't, we don't like each other, we don't speak. And she went, great. <laughs> and we, worked, we, were, we, we, got, we kept that going for a while. But it is amazing how things get turned around. Oh, yeah, yeah. It says you for some people. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, filming in those days was a lot different to the way it is now. How much time did you have between, to do a take? Hardly any. Um, oh, between takes, none. <laughs> I mean, there were no second takes. Yeah. Mm. It, it, we filmed it like a play. Yeah. We started at the beginning, and you, we used to have to wander around at the back of somebody else's set to place ourselves for the, you know, over cables of cameras and no second takes. So um, what happened if someone really messed up? Then they would stop, but you'd really have to, absolutely really have to make a, the most appalling blunder. Um, I liked it like that, because it was a bit more adrenaline. Yeah. Mm. You know, you just kept the adrenaline going when, when they film now. The system's fine, but I, I like the fact that you go beginning, middle, end. Yeah. Um, you don't film out of sequence. Um, you don't have the luxury of doing a scene ten times if you need to. Yeah. Um, it kept you on your toes. All right, it, you know, we did often think, could have done that a bit better, but hey, that was also part of the charm. The sets wobbled a bit part of the charm of, of that time, I think. So it was completely different. Pretty scary, but I really liked it. You know, I did other things afterwards where you have the luxury of being able to... It was all money, basically. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't afford to... Like being in theatre, but with cameras. Yeah, yeah. I think we only had about an hour and a half in which to shoot the... The half-hour episode, <laughs> and they did, and they did pull the plugs because, of course, unions. Yeah. B BBC. Is that true? The ten o'clock at night lights out. Uh, <coughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Pull How the plug. Yeah. yeah. Many actors have said that, and like you, I'm wondering: is this is that just playing up to it, or does that, yeah. did that actually? No, happen? it did actually happen. It did actually happen, and so you'd have to find a way of possibly finishing off something the following week quickly yeah. uh, you know it was it was complicated really mm. complicated
particularly with the end of the story, I suppose, because you've got new sets the week yeah, after. Yeah. yeah, no, it was a real complex thing, but it didn't happen often, don't get me mm. wrong. Mm. But even if you, in those days, I remember waiting for a cue to start a scene, and I noticed on the floor one of the carpenters, set guys, had left a hammer. And I went, hang on. And I bent down to pick it up, and they all went, don't touch the hammer! <laughs> because I wasn't a carpenter and yeah. I wasn't allowed... Yeah. Demarcation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was not allowed to actually move a piece of... So you broke every union rule under the sun. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. No, it was a different time, wasn't it? Definitely yeah. a different time. So which would you prefer, theatre or TV? Oh, whatever you're doing at the time is the one that you like, I think. I think that sort of goes without saying. It's too difficult to, to choose. You know, it's all so different. Um, so if you're doing a good play or a nice play or you've got a lovely cast of actors in some provincial theatre somewhere or in the West End, wherever, then that's the best thing, yeah. you know, at the time. Like a lot if you're of actors will, when they're asked that question, so they will <coughs> usually say always theatre, because mm. so that's where they start and they love going back to it. And, and television is sometimes a bit of a distraction from the mm. theatre on that on that front. So no, no, I, I just I just loved it all, yeah. and then whichever I was doing was the best. Yeah. You know, <laughs> although of course, then when looking back, something like Doctor Who was an exception, mm. an exceptional job. Yeah. basically, an exceptional time. It was an amazing 18 months or however long I did of my yeah. life. After you, after you, you left the role um, of Zoe, did, coming from like a massively successful television show, did it open doors for you for, for other parts or was it a bit of a hindrance? Uh, no, I think it did. I mean, I went straight the following weekend to, to do a theatre play yeah. based on the fact that I was Zoe from Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, and then other theatre, and then another more television series, all came pretty much, pretty much from, there. from yeah. doing Doctor Who, yeah. So it, it certainly didn't hinder me. So how many of those scripts you were offered were more, more sci-fi? <laughs> Funnily enough, not, mu not much no. sci-fi. I mean, I did a series called Free Wheelers, for instance, which was another kids' adventure, but with yeah. not a hint of sci-fi in it. Yeah. Not quite sure what there was in it. It was, a, it was an odd... <laughs> But it was, again, a, a main guy with a boy and a girl. Yeah. It was a very similar format, mm. except we all lived on a boat as opposed oh. to a TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> and we went round Southampton as opposed to, you know, some, the, the moon or yeah. Mars or some <laughs> other planet. You know. But it was a similar format. Yeah. Um, but no, no, no sci-fi. No, it's, it's interesting that actually yeah. I never really thought, thought about you, that. I've heard actually they sort of get typecast off of the same type of role after leaving a, a successful show. Um, no, I suppose I I got cast as because I looked younger than I was, I guess. Yeah. The the, the girl. Yeah. You know, or the youngest sister or whatever. It was always the youngest one. <laughs> but no, no, no typecasting at no. all. I just there's one question I must. Must ask you actually, um, as Fraser was saying this morning, he appeared in a um, X the Unknown, which is an early Hammer film. Um, you also appeared in a, a British horror movie, Blood and Satan's Claw, mm. as well. Mm. Um, now, 
what was that like to film? Because your character met a rather nasty end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have particularly fond memories of that. I was going to say, did you have fond memories of that at all? Because it wasn't a pleasant scene, was it? No, and it wasn't... Yeah, the scene was in the script when I read it and yeah. they offered me the part. But the nudity side of it was yeah. not. And I got taken to... We were f location filming. Mm. Um, and I, one in the lunch hour, I was taken by Pierce Haggard, the yeah. director, yeah. across a field. And he talked at me about really? how it really, you know, couldn't be done without me. It was integral to the, you know, the yeah, usual, usual stuff. Yeah. And, I, and I regret very much that I wasn't... I'm not saying I wouldn't have done it, but I wish mm. I'd had... Um, I wish I'd had the courage, I think, to have thought about it more mm. and say, well, no, we, we, or it needs to be rewritten, or we need to... And I didn't. Mm. And I felt slightly b bullied into doing it. Yeah. And it all happened that afternoon or the afternoon. It was definitely that afternoon. Yeah. Because I know I didn't have time to phone an agent because we were in the middle of nowhere yeah. and there were no mobile phones. No, exactly, yeah. um, and I did it and they cleared mm. the, I was going to say they cleared the set, they cleared the field of <laughs> yeah. extraneous people apart yeah. from the actors that were involved and it was pretty gruesome and what you mm. see is not what, you know, there's more. Really? Oh yeah. And oh, even the, the cameraman came up to me afterwards and said, that's one of the most gruesome things I've ever had to film. He said, but don't fret too much mm. because uh, it will never get past the censors. Mm. Not in a million years yeah. will all of that scene get out. That's not going to happen. No. That's no. too much. Um, so it was pretty horrible. And yeah. you see enough in the finished article, but... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it, of course that's coloured my view. I, I can't think of much else about the, the making of, the of that film yeah. Yeah. apart from that horrible day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, not it's a, a weird not one. A happy to, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not surprised it wasn't a happy time for you. That's not a... But, it, it, I mean, have you come across that since then with the word director will, will not do something like that, but bully you into doing something no, against your wish no, no, no. I mean, I've had some odd... One of the Doctor Who um, directors was odd. <laughs> I think, I, I think that's <laughs> probably as far as I can go with that. But, um, uh, he, uh, he was... He, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say he was a bully, but he was very much um, the youngest, most inexperienced. Yes. Yeah. Was... was was the person that was going to get his, you know, sometimes he wouldn't speak to me and he'd pass yeah. directions via Patrick, oh, you know, to yeah. me. And he had a very odd way of working. Yeah. So, but still nothing like, um, nothing like I experienced on the film. No. No, no. On the whole, I've, it, they've been, they've been great. Worked with some really lovely directors. Who's been your favourite director? Doctor Who wise, probably Dougie Camfield was yeah. probably one of my favourites. Um, 
What was it about in particular? Because a lot of actors are working. I, really, I think really he's brilliant. I think yeah. people say he's an actor's director. Yeah. And I, I'm really quite sure what that means. But <laughs> I think he he could empathise or sim or he, he he could put himself in your shoes. So, mm. uh, and he was open to ideas. Some directors are never open to another idea, or a different way of saying, or yeah. a different way of doing a scene. And Dougie was. Mm. You know, he was very much up for your own input. Um, and I think that's what makes him makes him pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned um, wishing you'd been brave enough to stand up to that previous director. Looking back now, with a few years' experience, what would you tell your younger self when you were starting out? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, definitely to not be cowed by... You, you don't need to be you don't need to be unpleasant mm. there's a way of stating your case in a in a in a perfectly intelligent of course i didn't have that sort of intelligence then but now i could do it and, and possibly having become an agent has given me a much bigger insight into actors uh, and the way they work being mm. on the other side. Um, so I would probably tell myself to stand my ground, um, but at the same time be open to, you know, be, be flexible. I think, yeah. you know, what your, my idea for something, say in Doctor Who or whatever, is not necessarily the right idea, but at least be open and able to discuss uh, but but have the courage of your convictions yeah. to at least start that conversation because that, that's what I didn't have and I think that's yeah. what you possibly don't have when you're younger is the nerve you, you know, it's nervous if you're against if you're being directed by somebody who's you know experienced and established yeah. and you're the young person going in you sort of don't think you've got the right well actually you do have the right to say but but to still be prepared to, for that person to tell you that what you're saying is fine, but mm. not right. And that's, that's fine. But just to have the courage to, to, to say your bit. Yeah. yeah. Aren't we just mm. the wrap-up? I also saw the wind-up song. Oh my God, yeah. that's quick. <laughs> it was quick. Bloody hell, wow. I never... Yes, <laughs> Oh, you're very Thank you very much, Wendy. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. It was good. Well, there you go. Thanks to Wendy Pabry and thanks once again to Karen Adam from the Staggering Stories podcast for letting me sit in on the interview and for recording it as well. Now, I want to talk briefly about Wendy's answer to my question about her role in Blood and Satan's Claw. What she told us about her treatment by the director of the film was shocking, and for a while I did consider cutting it from the interview, as immediately after we had concluded recording, I thought I had crossed the line. And I did remark to Karen afterwards that I wished I had never asked the question. However, after listening back to the recording, while it's clear that making this film left Wendy with nothing but bad memories, she was very open and honest and answered the question with complete and total dignity. With events unfolding in Hollywood right now with women coming forward and telling their stories about the treatment they have received at the hands of men wielding their so-called power to get what they want 
and getting away with it, Wendy's story has never been more important and therefore this had to remain in the interview. Unfortunately, it's another story in a long line of female actors being bullied, coerced, harassed, whatever you want to call it, by men into doing something they do not want to do. It's always been prevalent in Hollywood and that disgusting behaviour and bullying culture certainly extends to the British film industry also and these people need to have their behaviour exposed. Men like this make me ashamed to be a man but instead of men turning a blind eye to this sort of behaviour and not challenging these people it's time to stand up and do the right thing. See you next time. listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who podcast alliance. Mm-hmm.